I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Lost and Refound Podcast. Hi, Yvonne. Hello. How are you? How's your week? Um, we're doing we're doing okay this week. Um, I, I know that today was like a long day, so every time I'm always um, I'm always excited that we get a chat after a long day and just unwind and really get to talk to so many interesting people. And I'm really excited for Jamie today. Yes, we have a very special guest. I'm really excited about. We have Jamie Linden Wahlberg, which, by the way, Jamie, I didn't tell you earlier. It's a really cool name. <laughs> I love it when people have a cool middle name. I'm very jealous because I only have one syllable in my name. <laughs> like many of our guests, Jamie and I were introduced on Facebook. I believe it's by my husband, Sable. So we haven't actually met in person, but I've been following your posts and you started a company called Trenibus Chi, which combines cannabis and Tai Chi. As you know, someone who is exploring my spiritual awakening journey, I've been looking more into energies and working with different energies. So Tai Chi is something I'm really interested about. So I'm very excited for you to educate us. Um, can you give our audience um, a little introduction to who you are and what motivated you to launch Trinibus Chi and what is Trinibus Chi? Sure. So I will try to condense a very long story because this is kind of over seven years. The short version is that I'm Jamie, I'm a New Yorker, I'm turning 32 in March, I'm in Aries with a rising in uh, Cancer and a moon in Sagittarius. I was a New York transplant to Los Angeles. I'm about to hit my four year anniversary, uh, although right now I'm in Santa Fe. And I have a very long history with chronic illness and disease. I have literally 11 different diagnoses. I've been misdiagnosed. I moved to California after being one of the first 300 medical cannabis patients in New York City to really explore more of my options. I had exhausted everything back at home. I had been bedridden on and off. My initial being bedridden was about 10 and a half months. That is when I also started transitioning from female to male mm -hmm. and ultimately got to Los Angeles. And I said, wow, there's so much more that's here. And when mm -hmm. I finally got diagnosed properly with triple PD, which stands for persistent postural perceptual dizziness, I said, well, what can I do about this? It's 
The guy said it's a multi-genetic disease. They don't really know what's going on. It's a new diagnosis. At this time, it was 2017, 2018. So it was super fresh. And they didn't have much to say other than I needed to reduce my stress and I needed to get moving. And I mean, if I was a cartoon, I would have a thousand little question marks around my head Mm -hmm. because I had gone through six years already at that point of all sorts of different therapies. And I, they said, go to physical therapy. I went back to physical therapy and my physical therapist was native of Hong Kong, was an expert in that entire atmosphere, which I like to call an atmosphere of Tai Chi and Qigong, because in my view, it is a planet of magical healing. And she said, do you want to learn how to do this? And I said, absolutely. And I was so sick. I started with two minutes and ultimately I eventually you know, came out to her in every which way. And I said, you know, I've been using cannabis before and after our sessions and it is changing my life. Mm -hmm. Like this is the only thing that has ever helped me. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous to tell you because I didn't know how you would react and I didn't know how you'd feel about cannabis. And I didn't know how you would feel about me putting these things together. But to me, it sort of feels like it makes sense historically. And she said, look, if this is what's working for you, you know, keep doing it. She said, if you're this passionate about it, you might as well get certified. Mm-hmm. And I said, really? <laughs> you know, kind of like, I'm not exactly the person people imagine teaching Tai Chi and Qigong. And I went from someone who was totally bedridden to standing and doing 30 minutes a day to twice a day of Tai mm-hmm. Chi and Qigong. And you're she hiking. Said, no. I see you hiking in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my, I'm Definitely hiking. not bedridden. <laughs> Yeah, not bad written. And so at this point, I had already created Tranibus, which is the lifestyle that Tranibus she's based off of. But I got certified through SCW Fitness. I saw no one was doing this at all. Nope. There's plenty of yoga and cannabis, but there's nothing about Tai Chi and Qigong and cannabis. And Tai mm-hmm. Chi and Qigong isn't always even taught together. They often are taught separately, but they're right. lovely together. And so I said, why not? I'm just going to I'm going to put this out there and Tranibus Chi just felt natural. So the one line elevator pitch is that Tranibus Chi welcomes all bodies and all abilities to heal as a community using the combined practices of Tai Chi, Qigong, and cannabis. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about how does this work? How does Tai Chi or Qigong work? How does it work with your energy? So it works with your energy in what I like to call almost like a trifecta. In my opinion, it's a very meta experience because in Tai Chi and Qigong, what's different within yoga is that yoga is very internal. It's about going inside. It's quiet within yourself, within your body. And Tai Chi and Qigong is about you. It's about you with everyone you're practicing with. And then it's about you with nature and the universe. And so you're really completely connecting on every single level. So you're working naturally within the energy that is within all of us. I believe truly that we are all light beings. That's where we originated. Mm -hmm. We are made up of atoms. We are energy. So by by practicing this, we are spreading energy through our body, mind, and soul, connecting with everyone else, with the universe. There's energy flowing everywhere. And the whole concept of Tai Chi and Qigong is you're taking all of the quote unquote negative energy, negative chi, and turning it into positive chi, that positive energy. Okay, so if I were to participate in one of your sessions, what would I expect from a session? 
So the sessions, the private sessions and the classes are very similar and slightly different. The number one difference is that with the private one-on-one -on -one sessions or even with small groups of people privately, I can really customize the experience. The outline is always rather the same. But for example, my outline is introduction followed by breathwork and affirmations within a particular intention or two for that class or session, followed by our first round of medicating. Usually I also do instruction during that time where I'm just kind of explaining what's gonna happen. I like to tell people that I like to go about things the way like what I look to a good doctor to do. They're gonna tell you everything before you're gonna do it. So then we go into the active part of class. We always do it in this order. Qigong warm-up, Qigong, Tai Chi warm-up, Tai Chi. And then we finish with what I like to call community time. It's a second round of medicating where it's also a check-in. And I open it up as an AMA. Now, if it's a private session, if someone wants or I'm feeling energetically like they really need, you know, in that moment, a longer just breath work and meditation with the affirmations or or they're really loving, it's very obvious. And they're like, oh, Jamie, I really love this form we're doing in this Qigong warm-up. Can you extend this? You know, those are the ways that's different. But it's always that same format. There's always cannabis before, cannabis after, and the order of Qigong to Tai Chi. And Qigong and Tai Chi, they're both pretty low impact, right? So even if you're not super fit, or like you said, if you are not, you're, you have mobility issues, that's something you can still do and work through with Tai Chi or Qigong? Entirely. Um, so I actually have a commitment for every single class to teach for all bodies and all abilities, which means in one class, you could have three people practicing standing, five people practicing sitting, six people laying down, and I can teach you literally all at the same time. Mm. I'm assuming now because the pandemic, it's remote, right? These are over Zoom versus in person. So how do you connect energies when it's over Zoom? Well, I will say that I've been very surprised um, at how effective it is and people are responding. I really wasn't totally sure it was going to work. Mm -hmm. What I did know before the pandemic was I actually got lucky. I had already been doing online sessions and mm -hmm. lives before the pandemic. So I already had kind of a little bit of feedback saying, you know, this translates but I really didn't know how deep we could, could go, particularly one-on-one, -on -one, and I've been blown away. It's, it's really about the intention and being mm -hmm. present. The preparation that I do for my sessions, for my classes, is extensive. Um, I make sure that I'm completely clear and present for this person. Before every class, every session, I meditate on the intentions. If it's a private session, I have certain questions that people fill out before they meet with me, and I meditate on those particular answers. So that way, I have a real understanding of who this person is. And if someone is working with me long term, then especially if I've met with them, it feels, you know, very much automatic. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what it comes down to is all of the challenges that I've ever experienced have made me relatable to a lot of different people. Yeah. So aside from uh, physical benefits, have you noticed any mental benefits from your practice? Mm -hmm. I used to be someone who had rolling panic attacks every day. Mm -hmm. If anyone who's listening has had a panic attack, you know exactly how horrible that would be mm -hmm. to have literally 12 to 20 of them a day. Oh my um, gosh. 
anything would set me off. And basically for those who've never had one, it feels like physically your heart is racing and you mentally feel like you're dying. Even though, even if you completely logically are not in danger and you know that you're not in danger, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're having a heart attack and you're going to die. And um, I have not had a panic attack in months. I, I literally, I literally couldn't tell you. And was it immediate? You know, no. However, I did immediately start to notice the mental health. I can calm myself much faster. I noticed in general, I was handling things with much more clarity, with much more calm. Um, I was raised by two parents who are very different, but my mother in particular is very type A. Mm -hmm. and, and I have this, you know, fiery energy within in my Aries and um, I'm an empath. And so I'm like a sponge. I just suck up everything you know, especially like everything that's going on in the pandemic, if I let myself, I can feel every ounce of pain to the best of my ability. Obviously, I can't be a particular person, but I pick up on that energy and I have just, I break apart in a million pieces. And I didn't want to do that anymore. It became a choice to no longer associate pain and suffering. I have to choose to manage my pain and to not suffer. To me, those are two separate things. And Tai Chi and Qigong and the combination within cannabis has helped me to get to that. Uh, one of my worst panic attacks, I remember I was in Hawaii um, and Savannah had a really high fever and couldn't fly home. And my panic attack was so bad that I was literally on the floor and I couldn't breathe. I literally thought I was gonna die. And Sable found me in the, like convulsing on the kitchen floor because I could not get a breath in. Um, yeah, so panic attacks are no joke. And I feel like so many people are probably suffering from them during the pandemic, during the last election. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is really something a lot of people will benefit from and they should really truly explore into working with energy and, and figure out ways, whether through meditation or yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong, but find a way so you can calm your mind down in those moments where everything seems so dark and seems so confusing and and yeah, it's, it's so helpful. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I would never have guessed your Aries. I can see the cancer <laughs> rising in you. Uh, I'm also, <laughs> I'm a Capricorn with cancer rising. So I can see the care and, and, and where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Sag moon helps. I'm surrounded by Capricorns in my family. So <laughs> I'm very familiar. I, I really love Capricorns as well. I can see that. Yeah. And, um, and with depression, I will say as well, I'm, I'm someone who has been diagnosed with, you know, general depression and it's been incredible. I mean, I was someone who couldn't do the dishes and now I'm cooking all the time. Obviously I'm doing dishes. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's an aliveness. I went from being someone who was legitimately suicidal to someone who wakes up every day beyond grateful to be alive and ready to serve the higher collective consciousness. That is so inspiring. And like I said, I was really excited to interview you. Sable was really excited for me to interview you. Um, I just knew like there's something about you, even though, you know, I've never spoken to you before. There's something about you just shine through on my Facebook feed. That's love. When I see you and I see your videos, I can see the love coming out of you and the care that comes out of you. Um, so thank you. That's a ray of light that we need right now because on my Facebook feed, there's so much nasty stuff going on, you know? So whenever I see a post and I see you 
telling everyone to take a deep breath and then you bow and I'm like, all right, time to Zen and <laughs> stop looking at this negative news. Mm -hmm. um, but Thank speaking you. about your depression, I would love to hear a little about your, your transition journey. I'm sure that fed into your depression. And, you know, um, I would love to hear yeah. how, you know, what made you finally decide to transition and what that journey was like. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll backtrack very quickly. When I was 14, I came out as bisexual because one of my best friends at the time came out to me as bisexual. And I was like, oh, this is like a thing. And, you know, and I kind of, I was like, whoa, this, you know, this kind of eventually, you know, teenagers, it, it, I was finding myself initially. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when I turned 21, I was after culinary school, I left culinary school, went into journalism. My minor was in what was called at the time lesbian and gay studies. And that was the first time I started to really learn about gender and sexuality. And that was when queer was being very initially contemplated in the mainstream as something that we could reclaim within the LGBTQI plus community. And I loved the concept of queer being this umbrella term that didn't feel it's a it's enough of a box to make people comfortable that they understand how I where I fit because we all have that's human nature we're obsessed with categories um and at the same time it was a much bigger box and suddenly I got to you know love whoever I loved because I loved them and that was really what mattered to me because I was like if you're attractive in here then you can be attractive out here and like mm -hmm. to me it doesn't really matter yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah. And so I came out as queer at 21. And that was around the time when I was on the executive board for the queer community on campus. And we brought Kate Bornstein, who's an incredible activist and um, educator and uh, author who wrote incredible literature. And we brought her in to do a talk on gender and sexuality. And I was like, <laughs> like mine. <laughs> alone that was the first time I ever questioned my gender and then like many others I got terrified I shrunk myself back into the closet and I said I'm queer that's enough and I left it alone I told one friend for one conversation I said we're never talking about it again and I left it there fast forward to me being bedridden and I have at this point I've lost the relationship and I mean I lost a lot of things that were going on because initially of my health mm -hmm. and other aspects and I was living back with my parents and I was I felt like I was dying at the time we we had no diagnosis they didn't know if I had MS they didn't know if I had cancer they were looking into all these things every day it was about waking up and literally not being able to even get to the bathroom by myself oh my gosh. and I was just devastated I was devastated because in my heart of hearts, I knew how much love I needed to give to the world, how much I have to give, how that's my purpose. And I am 1000% purpose driven. If I can't live within my purpose, I was literally saying, I don't want to live at all. And I started to, you know, all I had was time to think that I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't watch TV. My vestibular system was completely shut down. All I could do was think and be in pain. I was at a 10 out of 10 pain. If you've ever been in what you discover for yourself is a 10 out of 10 pain 24 seven, try thinking how to say ABC, you can't. I mean, and so during all this time of thinking, you know, I said to myself, 
the only way that I am going to actually get myself out of this depression is if I start to accept what is and focus on the things that are working. And I started to fantasize. Mm -hmm. And it may have been escapism, but it was what I realized actually while I've been here in Santa Fe, I realized that that was my safety mechanism, was fantasizing, well, what would life be like if I was healthy? What would life be like if I wasn't at the time, a 25-year-old completely beverage. Mm -hmm. And I went, whoa, <laughs> you know, like I would be a guy. <laughs> whoa. And you know, I was like, is this real? You know, and I, I was not someone who I, I would I I was raised Jewish. I'm Jewish by blood. I've had family die in the Holocaust, I've had family escape the Holocaust. But I've never been someone who's been really what I refer to as a man of faith. Mm -hmm. But one day I prayed and I said, if I ever get out of this bed and I can walk again, I'm going to live my truth. I'm yes. going to do whatever it is to live my authentic self. And I'm going to be the person that the universe has made me and needs me and wants me to be because that's the person who I am. And I got out of bed. And I started to very secretly transition <laughs> initially. Um, October 1st, I just hit my, my six years um, mark, which was really exciting. And um, ultimately, things went really quickly. And mm -hmm. the family and friends reacted all very different. Things rather exploded for me. But I started to remember you know, especially going through therapy, I started to remember all of these things, even from when I was five. That's my earliest memory wow. um, of something that was a very clear marker <laughs> that, you know, I, I was attempting to basically, I was lining the toilet in the middle of the night with my, my siblings are twins and they're about five years younger. Mm -hmm. I was lining it with um, diapers mm -hmm. to try to stand to pee. No one ever caught me. No one ever knew. Oh, wow. Um, and I didn't put two and two together because believe it or not, even though I'm very young, we didn't have the language. Yeah. We did not have the language. I had yeah. no idea what a trans person was until, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of mid high school. And then I didn't really actually genuinely spend time with trans people until college. That really is amazing. So, and congratulations on hitting six years. And I know okay. this it must be a really long journey and it was a very difficult journey, but isn't it crazy how once you align yourself, you tell the universe, I'm going to live my true self and I'm going to stick to that no matter how hard it is. And things just happen. Once you're aligned, things just happen. And it's, it's, I never used to believe in miracles, but to me, that's a miracle. You know, like all of this, your story, you went through it. So I don't want to sit here and call it a miracle because you had to go through a lot of pain to it, but it's an amazing story. And I, I find it so inspiring. Um, thank you. That's, I mean, that's why I, I choose to share it. And I love that you referred to it as a miracle because I do too. I, I think it's absolutely nothing short of a miracle from the fact that I believe in past lives all the way to the fact that I had parents who worked really hard to literally pay to keep me alive. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always tell people when they thank me for sharing or for teaching or for doing a class or a session or meditation or whatever it is that they're thanking me for, I say, thank my parents. If my parents didn't keep me alive, they didn't choose to put the money on the table. If they didn't work hard and have their whole circumstances so that way they could help, I 
would, I, I'm pretty convinced I would not be alive in this life anymore. Yeah, they gave you hope, their love kept mm -hmm. you going. Were they yeah. um, pretty supportive with your transition? Uh, yes and no. They have a very different view of it <laughs> than I did. Um, when I came out as bisexual, no one batted an eyelash. When I came out as queer, people freaked out. Oh, wow. Mo mo most of my family was of an older demographic. So they were, they were like, we don't understand how you're reclaiming this. What does this mean? But they're okay um, with bisexual. Yeah, it made no sense. They eventually <laughs> got, got over it and they realized that they were being ridiculous. Right. Um, and, uh, and then when I came out as, I actually, right before I came out as trans, I actually came out initially as gender fluid to them mm -hmm. because I wasn't a thousand percent positive. And I said, if I am going to say that I'm transgender and I'm going to medically transition, which is what I've been doing, mm -hmm. that I need to be really serious. Yeah. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to be one of those people that detransitions because that's really horrible to go through mm -hmm. and it's horrible for everyone else that's surrounding you. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think really what upset them the most was they didn't realize anything and they felt like they could have almost helped to save me from some suffering. Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't have the language either. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was referred to as a tomboy. They, there wasn't, there was, that was what there was. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, for them, I was transitioning so quickly because I suddenly went from someone who was their daughter to, wait, you're getting top surgery in like a couple of months and you're starting hormones now. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, you know, I was here and they were here. Right. And unfortunately, when going through that much dysphoria and also body dysmorphia, which I've suffered from since uh, probably preteen, um, you know, and all the other things going on, uh, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around the way they were reacting. It didn't come off as something logical. Now, of course, I'm six years in. It now makes complete sense <laughs> why they freaked out, regardless of my gender, regardless of my sex their baby is their first child is telling right. them, by the way, I need to have lots of surgeries or I'm going to kill myself because I'm not my authentic self and I'm depressed. Like right. no parent wants to hear that. Yeah. That's the last thing that you want to hear. Yeah. You don't want to hear your, ch your kids been suffering from anything. Mm -hmm. So I now understand they were reacting out of love, but at the time, it was the worst pain to experience. Yeah. Like I was experiencing a lot of physical pain, but to not feel like they were a hundred percent with me was really hard, but they actually reacted better than some other people. I didn't get to talk to my grandmother, for example, for several years. Um, oh it took God. a really, really long time. And she was like the sun, the moon, the stars to me. Um, oh my gosh. And uh, I finally, have, I've gotten her back. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> I got, got very lucky. Um, everyone's kind of, come to terms or at least are accepting it and they're not really verbal but I'm very comfortable with who I am and I didn't get kicked out and I'm alive and I get to share my story and help other people because my life was saved because someone chose to share their story and that is why I love your podcast aside from the fact that there's the both of you <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> thank you so much and I have, I actually, I do have a couple questions um, to Please. kind of dive in deep with you. Uh, and it comes from the question of generational trauma and your past lives and 
do you think that in this life that was the purpose that you were supposed to have solved? Or do you think that you've solved this many, many times over? And that's why you also feel a very strong alignment to it. So I, interestingly, um, maybe like four months ago now, I had a QHHT session, which is a quantum hypnotherapy healing session where I dove into this. I wanted to know, have I always been trans? Like always, <laughs> or like, is this my first life? And they said that I've been around for thousands of years and basically that I've had thousands of lives, um, that I was ultimately, not only ultimately, but that I was, I felt in the hypnosis that I became the earth, um, that I was at the beginning of the universe. Mm -hmm. And ultimately they said that, you know, they couldn't fully confirm that I, this was always something I experienced, but that it's likely that I've experienced it before. That's amazing. Do you like that doctor that you went to? I loved her. I'm happy to share her with you. She's incredible. Yes, please. Cause I'm very interested in exploring that side. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. It was hands down one of the greatest things I've ever done. And it was my first true transmission. Mm. I 100% believe that you have lived a thousand lives. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I asked you earlier about you know, how do you send energy through Zoom for audience? But I know it works because, you know, I've been meditating and I know energy travels. You don't have to be in the same room with that person. And like I said, even speaking to you now, I can feel you're very grounded and there's a maturity to your energy that feels like a very old soul. So I 100% yeah. believe that. I Was feel that it. I had, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, it's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say that I had um, another medium actually at the very beginning of the pandemic, she told me, like we were talking about something totally different. We were in a meeting, like a work meeting for something. And she said, wait, I'm sorry. And then she paused for a minute and she got really quiet. And then she was like, I'm, I'm getting that you were a grandmother at one point and you loved to garden. And I got unexpectedly emotional I'm a very emotional person. I mean, if that hasn't become very clear, I'm very sensitive <laughs> and, and everything. Um, it's my, it's part of my superpower. Um, but I, I got really emotional at that. And I was like downloaded. It made so much sense to me and it felt so validating. So I'm, I'm very validated by your statement. Thank you. Yeah. I think, um, I, I definitely feel that way. And again, I, I think it's how I can be in touch with people and, I believe in the we, I believe in the, the egg. Um, I believe that we are all completely connected. We've Absolutely. all, uh, at some point we were all potentially each other's yes. <laughs> like, you know, um, we have to continue to put the love around and it's really simple to share energy when we're energy beings and we're all of the same consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any daily practices that you recommend for someone just starting or just getting into Tai Chi or Qigong or um, any of the energy work that you recommend doing? Absolutely. Um, so I literally, and this is, this startles people, but I do literally a two hour self-care routine every morning. Um, <laughs> that doesn't really startle me because I 100% believe in self-care routine in the morning and even in the evening time. <laughs> I'm yeah, an evening self-care person. I've noticed that. Like I, I thought I was a morning, but now I notice I'm an evening self-care person. <laughs> is is there a difference? As long as you're doing it. Okay. No. Okay. As long as Excellent. you're doing it. It's, it's when it's convenient. What I say to people is like, 
as long as you're doing some self-care and they're like, well, I'm doing this. And I'm like, okay, well, do you love it? Does it bring you joy? Is it healing? Yeah. Okay, great. So that's called self-care yeah. for you. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think a lot of people have this kind of very narrow thought process of what is in that category of self-care. Yeah. And there mm -hmm. is so much for me um, when I, so two parts there. So when it comes to Tai Chi and Qigong, Anybody who's done any form of martial arts and meditation or even one or the other is going to have a way easier time uh, falling into this sort of practice. Uh, in fact, the physical therapist, she said, did you ever do any martial arts? And I said, I mean, I did karate when I was like five and six. And she was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I was like, but I haven't done anything since then. And she said, it's muscle memory. Your body just knows. Um, and it's true. So what I say to people is if you are feeling nervous about getting into the practice as a whole, one of the really great ways to go about that is if you're A, if you're already in a martial art practice, try to consider being more confident in the fact that it's another martial art. And so you can actually fall right into that flow. But meditation uh, is fantastic. Having um, affirmations, like I pull an affirmation card from this deck every single day. Um, and it's just a really simple, quick thing. You know, it also depends on your timing. How much time do you have? Tai Chi and Qigong, one of the things I love about it is that the advisory point is basically 15 to 20 minutes is a really good session because, well, it surprised a lot of people, but it's actually a lot harder than it looks. And I was definitely one of those people that, you know, got smacked across the face because my first experience seeing Tai Chi and Qigong in, in the person was a lot of people like three times my age all doing it. And I was like, it can't be hard. <laughs> and, and, oh, wow, was I wrong. Um, it's incredibly difficult because it's, it takes a huge amount of strength and you are working with the weight of your body at a very slow pace. So doing anything very slowly, any form of mindfulness, Tai Chi and Qigong, when you work with me, a lot of people are like, I can't get in you know, the Zen or I can't get in my pocket or I can't get in my special space or whatever else. Um, and I can relate to that. Meditation in terms of seated meditation is super hard for me. Mm -hmm. um, but Tai Chi and Qigong is moving meditation. So if you can do seated meditation, you can do Tai Chi and Qigong. So I would say whatever it is that you feel drawn to, whether it's art, whether it's cooking, whether it's nature, whether it's podcasts, whatever it is, start small. Start with a few reps of something. If it's an exercise, start with five minutes. If it's journaling, I started with two minutes. I am not exaggerating at all. Two minutes, that was all I could tolerate before I felt like the world was spinning so much that I was gonna fall over or be sick. Mm -hmm. This is for everyone, self-care is for everyone. And if you think that you have a great self-care routine, that's beautiful, do more. <laughs> because <laughs> we have a lot of change that we need to happen right now. Our, as humanity, we are going through a transformation. This mm -hmm. is not even change, this is not even change. Yeah. This is transformation. And the only way that we're getting to some element of a finish line 
is going to be if we all fill our cups so that we can fill each other's. And that's, that's what I believe in. My whole purpose is helping others to cultivate their own unconditional self-love. Because if we love ourselves unconditionally, we're all connected. We love everyone. And suddenly, all the things you were mad about or agitated by or whatever else, poof, they evaporate. And you love everything yes, and everyone in a way that's not something you ever could have imagined. And it's when we do that, we live in a world that works. And I think that we all want to live in a mm-hmm. world that works. We can all choose to live in a world of love. Yes. Yeah. And I remember telling myself before, I love my husband, I love my kids. I love everyone. I just don't love myself. And only through my this spiritual awakening journey, I realized that I don't truly love anyone until I can truly love myself because yes, I may love a certain person, but there's always an element of jealousy or something there where it makes me envious of that person if they have a certain thing or something happens to them. It was only until I truly love myself that that part is completely gone. Now when I love someone, it's purely I love them and whatever they achieve, I'm happy for them. There's no more of that ego that's comparing yourself to that person. So absolutely, we have to learn to love ourselves so that we can love everyone so that we can start fixing this hate that's so much in our society right now. And I think yeah. one of the biggest thing is everyone has their head on the laptop, on the phone, everyone's working so hard. No one's really taking the time to meditate, to take a walk out in nature and smell fresh air, to look around them and appreciate everything that I have. I certainly didn't. You know, I live in a beautiful area. There's really water right outside my house, but I never sat on my balcony until recently where I implemented a new routine where I forced myself in the beginning to sit outside for 15 minutes with nothing, just sit there and kind of enjoy the nature, looking at the water, listening to the birds. And very soon that that became my favorite time of the day to just really ground myself and to feel that gratitude and appreciation that I didn't have before. And it helped so much with my mindset, helped so much with my anxiety and my self-love. And that too is part of self-care routine, right? It's just any time you spend with yourself. So for your self-care routine, is it two hours of your Tai Chi and Qigong or do you do anything else? No, no, I do a lot of things. I, I actually haven't tallied it up, but I think it's coming close to 20 or 30 things that I accomplish in those two hours. Um, Believe it or not, the Tranibus Chi is not part of my morning routine. And the reason why it's no longer, it used to be, um, the reason why it's no longer is because I realized that when I did it in the morning, it became exhausting to teach um, and and everything, all that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was, it, it became just way too exhausting. So I have a lot of different things I do and I have things that I do periodically. Like, you know, um, in terms of my morning routine now, I mean, it has a culmination of meditation and um, I read my horoscopes and I read kind of, you know, do I start basically with my me time and my spiritual time after I take care of my incredibly needy cats. (laughs) Um, And then, and I I medicate and I just kind of think about, you know, what am I grateful for in the day? 
and um, oftentimes I'm heating and icing my shoulders and my knees because those are two big problem areas. Um, I listen to these flash briefs, which start with very positive things and very funny things to kind of, as I wake up, a little bit of news. Um, and sometimes it's all about just, again, like shrinking things down, you know? I don't communicate with people until I've done a certain amount of stuff to take care of me because when I do, I'm a better person for absolutely everyone. And the way that I came up with this concept, interestingly, was inspired by my dad. My dad works in real estate, very stressful industry in New York, especially. Mm -hmm. He is a director of a lot of agents. And he realized one day that the mood of his agents directly was impacted by how their travel went to work. Mm -hmm. That's a typical New York Manhattan problem. Mm -hmm. But what it, but what, when he told me that, what I heard was, holy crap, the first two hours of your day are what set the mood for the rest of your day. Yes. And that mm -hmm. is when I got to two hours. But I didn't just wake up one day and convince myself to do two hours. It took months for me of trial and error. Do I like this? Does this work? Is this distracting? Is this triggering? can I do this for a long time? How much time should I do this for? I mean, there's a lot of different things, but there are so many things you can do that are quick, like the affirmation card, there, you know, meditation, you don't have to do something so long. And if you're someone who has a schedule where it's more like your day kind of breaks up, that's beautiful. Do a short amount in the morning, do a little bit later in the day. I basically take a very brief break to medicate and really meditate and kind of reset myself every two hours. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I give myself necessarily a huge amount of time, but even 20 minutes yeah. away from the screen, you know, kind of with myself. Okay, what did I do? How, do? how am I feeling? What is it that my body needs right now? How can I be the most, you know, efficient and effective right now? Um, and, you know, three things that I can do in the middle of the day that I would recommend to anybody that have come up for me and a lot is one of my mentors first got me on this. It's what I refer to as a kindness notes. And what I do, and actually, um, yeah, and I'm quite certain that something you have written to me, I have saved recently in my kindness notes. <laughs> um, I have literally a note in my phone and it's not complicated. Anytime someone writes to me or tells me or says something to me that is very kind and gives me that warm feeling where I remember that I'm a valuable contributing member of humanity, I write that down. And when I am feeling lost and depressed and like I'm worthless, which happens, I go back to that kindness list and I start to read. And I look at that list and I say, wow, they're talking about me. <laughs> and if, I, if people see me this way, how can I not see myself this way? Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and it's a very unreal problem that we have to deal with it's it's the part of the human experience it's this ego that gets yes. in the way and we get it in our own way i had this breakthrough again while i was here my first macro dose ever i had a huge very emotional breakthrough where i saw how much i was holding on to language people were using how much i was taking in these negative thoughts and feelings and turning things into my own so much that i became just a ball of negativity. 
and I couldn't stand it. And I suddenly realized, holy crap, I'm getting in my own way. These things are like, they might not have even meant them the way that they said them, mm-hmm. but this is how I heard it. And mm-hmm. I'm the one who can control how I hear it. So the kindness notes is one of the big things. Another thing that I like to do is I have two apps that I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with Calm app and I'm obsessed with the Meditative Mind app. The Meditative Mind app is new. It is based off of a very well-known YouTube channel for meditation. They have, I don't know, a ridiculous number of views of just video after video of very calm scenery, music, different frequencies, um, and if I'm really challenged, I will come into you know a moment where I just say, "Gotta pause for a minute, put on one of the frequencies." You know, they're very clearly marked, so it's like if I'm feeling anxious, okay, here's one for frequency of anxiety, and I just breathe. I love square breathing; that's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really matter how many seconds you hold in and out; it's just that it's the same amount you hold in, breathe in, hold it, let go, blow out. Mm-hmm. repeats and the third thing is the five senses game and that is when yeah you focus and I bet that's very fun to do when you're on the on the patio <laughs> yes. um, you know is uh you're if you're feeling anxious think of five things you can see five things you can hear five things you can touch you know whatever and you keep going down until you suddenly are like oh I'm calm now yeah um and and so there's there's really so many things you can do And I integrate a lot of these things into my routine. And I've integrated a lot of these things rather slyly into my classes and my sessions. People don't really realize, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm coming to a Tai Chi Qigong. Like, that's what I'm going to learn. No, (laughs) you're coming out. You're coming out of it with something. I mean, I've had people have incredible breakthroughs within PTSD, within an idea that they were trying to conceptualize that was creative. It's everything. It's like therapy. It's what you put into it. And that's like life. What we put into the universe is what we're getting back from the universe. Yeah. Um, Have you ever done Tai Chi or Qigong with mushrooms? So... Sort of. Um, I wanted to. I so the first time that I ever microdosed myself mm-hmm. was um, so at the beginning of the pandemic. Actually, before we even were calling it a pandemic, I was bedridden for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, okay. and um, I was a nightmare. Like ever, the world felt like a nightmare. The world was falling apart. As an empath, I was intuitively sensing that things were really much worse than were being portrayed. I could just feel like there was this bubbling of energy and I was like, something else is coming. Yeah. Um, You know, and then BLM happened. And again, I was like, better and what am I going to do? How am I going to teach? How am I going to do anything right now? And I started to have daydreams about mushrooms, have people randomly start talking to me about mushrooms. Like, the universe was being like, yep. hey, Jamie, you should do some mushrooms. Yep. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I started to microdose. And I, the first few times that I microdosed, I was in a very beautiful place sheltered by a very beautiful person who I believe it's possible all three of us know her very well. 
Um, I will leave it at that because <laughs> mushrooms are very, you know, com- complicated in this yep. world right now. Yeah. Um, but we love her and she has a beautiful garden. I was very protected. I had someone who was an expert in a yes. beautiful place and she was just like, here, can you do these things? And I'm like, yes, I love you. I'll do anything you say. And, <laughs> you know, like that. and then, you know, I had an incredible experience where for the first time I felt every layer of existence and me were connected. And it was the first time I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel dysphoria. And I was like, something's here. And so all of the signs were coming and I was like, okay, I need to do this. And what I knew about mushrooms, especially because I have gastroparesis, which is a rare stomach condition where basically my digestion is literally four to five hours behind the average person. So I imagine that when I microdosed on this, because I'd taken that much before, that it was going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I thought I had some time. And then I did, and then it became, it was a Tuesday, and that's when I teach Tranibus Chi Lives. <laughs> and I went to teach my live stream. And I'm starting out great and everything mm-hmm. is going very smoothly. And suddenly I start to get really hot. And then I start to get really anxious because I don't really know why I'm getting very hot. Mm-hmm. And then I get anxious because I'm hot and I'm anxious and I'm teaching live. It's on <laughs> oh the internet God. forever. And I'm like, you know, and then I start to get kind of nauseous because that's my trigger response when I'm very anxious that I'm sure has been, as a panic attack person, yeah. you know, it's very common that yeah. nausea and anxiety go hand in hand. And so I start to internally freak out mm-hmm. to the point where I try to call myself and I'm like, Jamie, you've got this. Like, you know, you took mushrooms. You've done this before. You know, these are safe. You're going to be fine. You know how to teach us. I started to think that I didn't know how to teach. And mm-hmm. I was like, Jamie, you've been doing this every day for a year and a half. Like, you know, <laughs> and so I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I had to stop the live. Um, oh, wow. I, I initially started to, I was like, you know what, friends, I'm a little busy. I was playing it totally cool. I was like, I'm just going to sit and teach the rest of the class seated. Remember, there's no perfection in Tai Chi and Qigong. And then, you know, continued on. And I lasted like 15 minutes. And then I, it was funny, I got a message from someone else in the industry who's also connected to all the same people. And he's like, where'd you go? Are you okay? I was, I just tuned into the live and then you were gone. Um, and I was like, oh, perfect. He's really big into psychedelics. And I was like, can you call me right now? And you know, between the two of us, you know, I, I calm myself down. I realized from that, that I needed, that was plant spirit telling me you're way too into routine. You're way into into control. You're trying to make your classes perfect while you're preaching that there's no such thing as perfection. You are acting like you don't, you don't have this. You're living your imposter syndrome and you need 15 minutes of freak out and you need to get yourself out of this so that you know that you can. Mm-hmm. And I did. And for a very long time, I like didn't have anxiety or panic attacks or anything. Um, since then, I recently, I think maybe a week or two ago, I did um, a live when I was coming down from a journey. But at this point I have 30, I think 38 documented journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's possible. Uh, I know that it's something that I'm extremely interested in. Um, I know that it's gonna be very complicated to make yeah. that happen right now. 
And so I'm very focused still on cannabis. I do mm -hmm. offer um, a subscription called uh, the Plant Buddy, which you can do just once if you want. The whole concept of the Plant Buddy is um, that I'm not claiming to be a medical professional, quite the opposite. Uh, I'm claiming to be the healer that I know that I am, mm -hmm. someone who has a lot of experience with cannabis and mushrooms specifically in healing. I've never done mushrooms out of the context of healing ever. Yeah. So that is, at this point, I've done probably 42 journeys ever. Um, and it's really my way of saying, I can be someone who supports you. I'm not a professional sitter, but I have a lot of experience. I've dealt with a lot of things. I know what PTSD is like, and I can be that grounding person for you. I can be that person who can support you in your microdosing journey. Um, and, and that's, you know, something that I offer to kind of dip my foot into that. Um, since I've been in Santa Fe, I have been helping others through the healing. Uh, I had friends that drove me here um, and, uh, you know, a family member who I've been able to work with. And so I, I feel confident that this is something that I'm going to bring into the practice. I just have to really make sure that I'm confident in how to do that. Because if yeah. I can't hold my own, <laughs> then <laughs> I can't expect someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to do it. I mean, let's remember that microdosing on mushrooms, you're not having, you know, a psychedelic visual trip and you're rather clear headed, but you can be distracted. I've had times where randomly I can't speak. Um, for like I mean, your energy minutes. is like so crazy when you're on even <laughs> microdosing mushrooms and changes, you know, depending on whatever you, information you need or whatever that needs to be healed, things just come at you. Sometimes you're not ready for it. Exactly. And, and again, um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of perfectionism for me to break down there where I hold myself to a standard of someone who can, regardless of how the teaching goes, you know, I've had moments where I've literally almost fell over from doing a form, you know, and mm -hmm. I laugh it off because it happens, yeah. you know, and it's, it's part of life. I got dizzy. That's the fact of it. It's not like I forgot how to do it or I lost all my talent. I got dizzy. I mm -hmm. misstepped you know, and we move on. But when you're doing mushrooms to, to, to bring it in, you know, I, I, I have to be able to ensure that I can show up as this vessel of pure support who is there purely for the collective mm -hmm. or purely for the individual or few people that I am privately working with. I will never compromise that. Yeah. And that was a valuable lesson as well that I learned that day when I tried to do that. I never tried to do that again. <laughs> um, coming down was great, actually. I, it was probably one of the classes that, that is my, was my favorite I ever taught. I, I, oh. I don't remember what the intention was, um, but I was very in it. Uh, I felt very in the flow. So it's doable. It's coming. When is it coming? I don't know. Um, but I have a feeling I'm not going to be the only one hopping on that train. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I'm excited to see what else is coming. So what else can we expect from China this sheet that's coming? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot. So about during this pandemic, I came up with a bunch of subscription models that I've honestly done a horrible job at letting people know that I have. I've, I've not posted too much about it, but they're there. They're on my booking. Um, they're on my website. And ultimately there are four, there is a fifth one coming up, which I will spoil alert that, that has to do with my affirmation candles. Mm -hmm. So the subscriptions I have are a new beginning subscription, which stands for new beginnings is the first 
um, level, if you will, of Tranibus Chi classes. So I actually do teach three levels. Okay. Um, but predominantly, what I find myself teaching, um, especially with my lives, because I want it to be as accessible as possible, I teach new beginning. So that's beginner level. And even if you're someone who's done Tai Chi and Qigong for 10 years, if you've never done Tranibus Chi or you've never used cannabis while, fit, while doing fitness, mm-hmm. I always recommend people to start because you never know <laughs> yep. um, really what's going to happen to you. You gotta be careful. That's why I talk about microdosing um, during every class um, and every session. Um, I also have one called Positive Chi, which is all about um, taking apart different um, elements of my services. So I also offer guided meditations and affirmations, both with and without music that I have custom designed for them. I offer custom options and um, pre-written and recorded options. And so you can do a subscription model where you get them you know, once or a couple of times, even a week. Uh, I have a choose your journey one, which is for those who want to do private sessions. Um, and then the new one that is coming is going to be the affirmation candle. And the concept's going to be a candle a month. Um, so I will make that customizable. People will be able to choose what their um, affirmations are going to be in there, what their intentions are going to be, um, whatever oils I have available. I use therapeutic grade essential oils always. Um, I'm, I'm not married to a particular brand. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, just because it happens to do with whatever the money is, I would love to settle with someone at some point. Um, but ultimately people get to choose that as well as potentially some of the crystals, um, and even the color of their cap. Like I have a cap next to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, simple painted cap. Um, and so they'll get that on a monthly basis. Um, there is... I'm going to give you as much as this is more than I've told anybody else, but I'm going to be very mindful about how much I give about this. Cause this is, okay. I am, I am extremely open about every project. A lot of people say as an entrepreneur, when is the right time mm-hmm. to, you know, in quotes, um, put your information out there. I know you, you've asked this as well. And what I said was you do it whenever you feel like it, mm-hmm. because even if you're at the beginning, and it fails, that's life. That's entrepreneur life. And people can be there then to support you. If you keep something to yourself and you fail and you're devastated, but you're all alone with it, well, that sucks. And if it goes really well, then you have people to celebrate with you, but you can't have people support it until you put your idea out. So I'm someone who it's like, if I came out with an idea an hour from now, and I was like, yep, this is something I'm going to do. And it's like not formed at all. I'll put it out there as a company. I don't care if I fall. Yeah. And I think this, actually you can also get a gauge from your, your audience, right? If it's something they feel like that's aligned with the brand, aligned with what they are looking for you to put out. And yeah, so I think that's, that's a good strategy. Yeah. So the big thing that I've been working on, which I've been working on pre-pandemic, this is a long time oh, wow. ago, okay. but I actually started actualizing this here in Santa Fe. Um, I will say that it takes pieces of the positive comment that everyone gives me within my my practice. Um, The funny thing is the number one thing that I get complimented on is my voice. Mm -hmm. And the way that I do meditations and and guided affirmations. And um, people, especially who've known me for a long time, they're like, is this the same Jamie who's like super loud all the other time? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yes it is. 
Um, and so I just, I, I thought, what is it that I can do that is a daily practice and bring it to people in a multimedia fashion that is going to bring wellness to a new level and be incredibly personal and individual and empowering. And that's what I've been working on. There are, mu there are music components, there are video components, there are graphic components. Everything is made with a thousand percent love and intention. Um, my team is incredible. There's three of us. There um, are going to be subscription models that are added, added in. Um, and I'm going to be pulling in some other people. Actually, um, I need to have a meeting with Sabo really soon. He's on the, he's on the list. Um, <laughs> and uh, I already told him, I said, something's coming. <laughs> I'm going to be reaching out to you. Um, it's sustainable. Um, it's something that you'll be able to experience at any time, anywhere. And um, it's going to be incredibly accessible. And it's coming sooner than everyone thinks and not next week <laughs> the next <laughs> thing that christmas? i am before christmas yeah, uh, <laughs> in time for christmas i i my goal is that before the new year that our full drafts are done we've gotten a huge amount accomplished and that we will have um at least a teaser out um as to what is happening um but I'm extremely proud. I will say that it's never been done before. And um, as of now, it's really been a trans um, created experience and product. And that makes me very, very proud. Um, so it's something different than anyone has ever seen, but it's, I'm taking something that many people do in their self-care routine and I'm just bringing to a new level. So I'm anticipating a lot of people will love it. But the next thing that's really coming is, you know, I'm going to do a big sale in my shop, um, both for Tranibus and Tranibus cheese shops will be on sale. Um, and then I'll be bringing in the candles and we're yes. going to have a whole bunch of things. You're going to be able to have custom options that I'll tell all, you know, you'll, you'll have custom options. You'll have pre-purchase options. You'll have a subscription option. Um, there's going to be a lot of different ways to get a hold of these, but they are soy candles. They're sustainable. Um, they're repurposed items. I use eighth jars from my favorite cannabis brands and I just mm -hmm. strip them and sanitize them. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I feel like I'm bringing services to the best of my ability. I really understand now where my skills are, what I enjoy doing. I've gotten enough feedback from people, what they really care about. And I think that Tranibus She is a minute away from being something that everyone realizes they can't be without. I know Absolutely. that that was what my experience was. So, you know, it's, it's, it's no short of saved my life. And doing that and opposing it with mushrooms, I am a completely changed person. And I want everyone to feel the love for themselves. I want everyone to feel love in the world and hope in the world because there's a lot happening and a lot of it is actually really beautiful mm -hmm. and really positive. And everything that's happening is extremely tragic right now in the, in the main you know, scheme of things, yeah. but hope is here. You know, the election is turning out how 
the three of us want it. And half America wanted. <laughs> yeah, what half America wanted. Um, but you know, the, the truth of the matter is, it's going to take everyone doing something. Yeah. And when we all love ourselves, that's that's what's going to happen. If and if I can be, you know, queer and trans and differently able and go through all the things and be someone who literally didn't want to exist to someone who's really learning to authentically love myself, mm-hmm. anybody can. And I will not stop until I do. I will not stop helping people until my last breath. And there's no doubt in my mind that in my next life, I will continue to do it. Oh, I, I, I 100% believe you. And I am so happy for you. I know Trinibus Chi will be big because it comes from your soul. And whenever something comes from your soul and you do it not for anything else, but to help the world, it can only succeed because you don't have another motive. We live in Silicon Valley where there's so much greed here. So to hear your story is such a breath of fresh air. And I look forward to the day that I meet you in person. I hope we get to garden together, cook together, do some Tai Chi Qigong together, smoke some weed, maybe do some mushrooms. <laughs> we'll have a good all old time. <laughs> all of it. I, yes, all I of it. can't wait. And you too, Yvonne, you're totally welcome. Like, I, I'm so grateful to be here. Honestly, I told my mom, I said, you're never going to believe who I am going to be interviewed by later because I have... I've you know brought the the dreamcatcher looking beautiful creation here, and I've been talking about you constantly. And I, I said to her, I really feel like I'm being interviewed by celebrities. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like literally, I was like, this is it for me because you know, and I think it's it's so interesting that those of us who struggle with imposter syndrome the most are often the coolest people, and like literally, I can't even wrap my mind around how cool your family is <laughs> Thank you. like how you are and you cultivate that and create it i still tell the story this day to pretty much any canvas person i meet of the day and the moment where i met sabo i remember everything about it because it completely marked the moment when i said yep there are other people who feel the way that i do and this is the industry I'm going to be in. And he it was at some massive cup and he had just had the vape exhale Evo there. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I became, you know, and I've following your family and Yvonne, I can't wait until it gets to know you more. Cause I loved, I loved uh, your most recent podcast episode. And Oh, thank you. I just, you know, I, I love the vibes are very strong and I can't wait for us to all spend time together. It's going to be beautiful. And, um, you know, anybody who's hearing this, I want you to know that uh, you are a divine creation, no matter what you believe in, of source, that you are capable of absolutely everything that you want. The universe is here to serve you and to help you and to love you. And I am going to do just that as well. Thank you so much, Jamie. Um, we usually like to end a podcast with a favorite quote of yours, even though I feel like what you just said was, was great. Other quote, but if you do have one that you want to share, <laughs> I told you ahead of time, you know, feel free to share your favorite quotes. Sure. Um, so I would. So I am a. I am. I am Beatles mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised with the Beatles. 
my two favorite songs that continue to fight for the number one spot um, are Strawberry Fields and Across the Universe. And so my favorite quote is really from Across the Universe. It's, um, it's four lines. It's, it's pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my opened mind, possessing and caressing me. And that is my experience of the human experience. That is beautiful. It's tragic and it's beautiful. And that the is a human genius. experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We, we all have these feelings yeah. that are true to us. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. You are truly a ray of light. And like I said, I cannot wait to meet you in person. I know we will get along so fabulously. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm moving in. Didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're I'm happy just... to move in we just don't have any room you're gonna have to sleep in a closet because we don't have any other room <laughs> that, i'll sleep on the floor or by your by your plants or by any of if you have all of those dream catcher things hanging around i'll lay Actually, under those you're gonna have another one coming your way so <laughs> i i can't wait i'm absolutely in love with it thank you so much for having me for holding space for taking interest in my story this really means everything to me. And it is a true honor to spend this time and to spread the chi with both of you. So thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank, thank you. you, Jamie. Have Take a good care. rest of the day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye. Bye.